big Sunday last week, and anyway, it's been kind of a whirlwind, and, and uh, I came in yesterday afternoon, was studying and working on Galatians, and, and there are just some times where God just like stops it, and you hit a wall, and you're like, okay, God, what is it that, that I need to preach on today? I, I really need something bad, all right? Tomorrow is Sunday, and something that you, you probably don't understand sitting in the congregation, those that are in a full-time ministry understand this, that that tomorrow is Monday, but Sunday is coming. And, and so your mind is always on preparing for the, the next message on Wednesday night or prayer, you know, and Bible study, the, the uh, uh, Sunday services. And, and so anyway, I'm kind of getting in a little, I'm not in a panic yet, but I'm getting in there pretty close. And we're praying last night. Some of the guys come together and we pray every Saturday night. Guys, you're welcome to come five o'clock on Saturdays. And and uh, we'll pray together and, and pray for the services. And, and as uh, uh, Tyler was praying last night, and, and I'm praying with him, and then God just laid something on my heart about let's give thought to what our theme is, and then let's give thought to what has taken place and what we are doing this year to live out the theme that God has given us for the year. And so... If you recall, the, the theme is based in that, that time of when Goliath was challenging the nation of Israel, and, and it was David, the young man, that, that comes up and, and as a shepherd and as a loving shepherd, even as we just heard, and you know, as they were singing that too, isn't it great to know that you have a shepherd that goes looking for you? As they were singing that today, and in and, and your I don't know, just certain things stir your memories, and, and I just thank God for what God did in my life so many years ago as a, as a young boy and, and trusting Christ as my Savior, and, and, and then growing and, and learning more about the Word, and then, you know, situations we can use as excuses to get out of church, and then, and then I, teenage years, I... I um, I know this has nothing to do with the message, and it's just one of those days. I'm probably going to say something to make you mad today, but just join the club. Everybody else is already there. But this comes to my mind as I was giving thought to, to that message and thanking God, and, and it overwhelmed me to, even sitting there about how God protected me in, in so many areas, even when I was being a knothead. And, and I want you guys to know this as parents. Some of the things that I have the deepest regrets for were in my teen years when my parents and I decided that baseball was more important than listening to what God had for me in a church service. And I quit going. And in that time period of my life from, and I was a bigger kid and, and pretty athletic, and so I, I started playing now, we didn't have high school baseball, but we had American Legion baseball, and you wasn't supposed to be, I think you had to be 15. I started playing when I was 13 and was able to play, and from 13 till 18, there, there were just a whole lot of regrets that took place in my life, and one of the main reasons is because I was not where I needed to be, and parents... Look, there, there isn't anyone that probably loves sports any more than I do, doesn't love baseball any more than I do, but never, ever allow some sport to become your child's God because you'll regret it. And so will they. So will they. Even if, even if you think that the epitome of that and, and, the, and the greatest goal is someday you watch your son walk out onto the pitcher's mound or, or, or spike the football in the end zone of a professional game, I guarantee you that if they're not living in God's will, you'll be disappointed. And so make certain that the priority is for your children to hear the Word of God and to know God's will in their lives. And thank you for that. I, I, I don't know that I'd ever even heard that song before, but those memories just overwhelm me. And I... And I and I was going through and thinking about 
how not only did he search me out in that small town of Spickard, Missouri, in First Baptist Church in a small congregation when, when an old country preacher by the name of Norris Ramsey was preaching the gospel and, and I heard the gospel and trusted Christ and then living my life and, and more or less out of ignorance and, and no desire and, and not really caring about God, he still watched over me and I can still see today things that, that he stopped from happening in my life that protected me until on that hot summer night in July at a special meeting like what we just had this week where, where I went, not with my parents, not, not for, and the only reason I went is because I knew that I needed to be there and, and my wife and I were, were uh, preparing to get married in a couple of years and, and I loved her at the time and, and I wanted to be with her and so I'm sitting in this service and, and as sure as my salvation on that hot July night Jesus Christ came to me and in speaking to my heart through his word showed me that I needed to give my life to him in a full-time ministry because I chose to obey God and be in a service and hear what he wanted. I don't know. Maybe he would have used another service to do that or maybe he would have said, you know what? I'll just take somebody else and use somebody else. Oh, it's so important that we always listen to what God wants us to do and never miss those, those opportunities to allow God to work in your life. And you may be raising the next David. You just never know. And so I just, hey, that's from my heart. And, and uh, love our people, love each one of you. And, but as I grow older... And I see the, you know, there, there are parents that, that are so worried about, you know, they got to get this scholarship to pay for school. They got to do this to, you know, to succeed. And, and God is put on the burner on the, on the backside, on the warmer, and instead of the hot burner. And, and you're just going to lose out on so many of the things that, that God wants to give you. And so hang in there and do what it is that God wants you to do. And, and why do we... Why do we do all of these things? And, and, and I, I know that was like a squirrel. You know, I just chased the squirrel. It's not a rabbit trail. I chase squirrels. And so, but uh, coming back to this and, and seeing the importance of, of giving the gospel, seeing people trust Christ, watching them grow, giving their lives to God. To Look, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to be in the full-time ministry, but maybe some of your your children need to be and God wants them to be or maybe God's working in your heart to 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 do more for him and to live more for him whatever it may be but we need to look for God's best and and see God's best and as God works in our church family then it's going to the the outpouring of that is going to reach into our community and and that brings us to this that we have seen where this young man decided that hey I'm all in for God and I don't care who this guy is, and I don't, I don't care how big he is, and I don't care who else is afraid, and, and I don't care about all the pressures that my family is giving me to telling me to quit and, and do these things that, and, and be quiet or get back in uh, shepherding the sheep and, and leave us alone and let us do the fighting. And, and David said, I don't care about any of these things. This man is blaspheming God, and if nobody else is going to step up, then I will, and I'll take care of it. And as he goes in and he charges after Goliath, he makes the statement that is our theme for the year, and he said that, that you, you are going to die, and your carcass is going to feed the birds and the animals, and the reason being is that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And what a challenging, challenging passage we have there. And I'm not going to preach that message again, but as, as we moved into 2019, that was the thing that, that we wanted to do is God this year, we want to focus more on that all the earth may know. Oh, and let's see. Let's give thought to that and think about what God can do when we are truly serious about doing that. William Carey wrote a sermon that on May 30th, 1792, and his heart had been stirred to reach the world. Now, as far as they knew, their, you know, most of their, their lives was there in England, and so 
they, they were just reaching out to those around them and, and, the, and the churches had become complacent and the churches were very comfortable in what they had and oh, they might reach this one or that one and, and, but there was something stirring, a fire that was stirring in William Carey's life and, and he said, we got to do more than this and we got to do more than just reach England and, and those countries lying around us but we need to reach the world with the gospel. Do we not understand that, that the entire world is dying and in need of a Savior and, and we need to reach out to them? And, 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 and so in 1792, he wrote what is determined the, or called today the deathless sermon, still living today. And, and this is the statement that he made and something that I think that we all ought to strive for. He says, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. And then I was reading in Dr. Comfort's autobiography, and he made this statement. He said, The person who dreams greatly and unselfishly for God often receives greatly from Him. So what is wrong with that? What is wrong with dreaming big dreams to, to, to reach the world? What is wrong with us giving thought that, God, we can expect great things from you, and so we are going to do great things and, and try to attempt great things for you? Look, William Carey went on, and in 22 years, he, he left England, and he went into India, and for 22 years there, he preached the gospel he, and, and, and uh, taught disciples and, and worked on, on translating the scriptures for those tribes that were there. And by the time he died, he, he was able to see a, 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 a horrible uh, thing that they did over there. It, it was called um, uh, sati. And whenever uh, a man died, the widow would throw herself into the flame of the fire as they were burning his body and cremating it. And it was, it was a horrid thing. And, and he was able to see that stopped and, and saw that in the legislature. But then on top of that, he's preaching the gospel. He's helping churches get started. And he translated God's word into 44 languages and dialects in 22 years. And he's the one that said, Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. And God did a wonderful work in his life. God's done a wonderful work in Dr. Comfort's life in those 80 years of ministry. God can do a wonderful, magnificent work at Platte Valley Baptist Church, but we have to have the vision to, to not be satisfied with where we are spiritually in our own walk. We need to be we need to always be challenging ourselves to be getting rid of sin in our life and walking closer with God and walking in the, in the uh, uh, filling of the Holy Spirit of God and, and helping us every moment, every, time, every waking moment that we have to walk in His power and be used by God in all that He wants to do. And so we need to dream big for God. We need to reach this community with the gospel. We need to, we, we need to have our church family set an example for all the world to see that this is a body of believers that not only loves God and wants to serve God and, and live for God, but they love each other and that all over the world that as they travel through and, and they come by here, they can say that is the example of the kind of church that God will bless. And it is happening. It is a good thing in, in what God is doing, and, and God is blessing in that. I gave the testimony a few weeks ago. Some of you may not have been here, but, but Dave Young is an evangelist, and, and I met Dave Young uh, this, this uh, past semester out at California, and, and uh, you guys know the story about him and his punk son, and so we can just discuss his punk son later. That's the one that's trying to date Kareth, and I'm not, just not sure that he passes all the prerequisites. But anyway, I got to know him a little bit, and then he gave testimony that here he is, he's in the northeast of, a, of, of the United States, preaching in a church about unity in a church, and a, and a, and a, a, a person comes to him, I don't even know if it was a man or woman now, comes to him and says, Brother Young, I know of a church that is living and doing exactly what you're preaching on. He said, where is that? He said, it's in Colorado. So we're at in Colorado. Said Fort Morgan, Colorado's Platte Valley Baptist Church. I don't even know who the person was. But I'm telling you that when we are doing 
what God wants us to do, and, and we are loving one another as we ought to, loving God's Word, loving, the, uh, uh, loving God as we should, and loving our community the way that we ought to, and sharing the gospel, who knows what God can do? But oh, how we need to be focused. And so let believers be encouraged all over the world for what they see going on in northeastern Colorado. Let them, those that visit and come by, can walk out and be refreshed. And so I ask the question, how do we keep doing that? Well, it's pretty simple, really. And, and it's a very simple message today. But first of all, we need to go. It is our commission to go. And a commission is the, the granting of certain powers to carry out a particular task or duty. You look in Matthew chapter 28. You look at the last three verses. These are the last words that, that Jesus was giving them at this time and right before He ascended into heaven. And the first thing that He said, He said in verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto Me in heaven and in earth. All the power... That I, have give, that I have has been given to me from God Himself because I am God. And that power I'm giving to you and I'm commanding you and this is what you are to do. And He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And, and, and so here as we are teaching them, we are sharing the gospel, we are showing them how it is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, how that by His death, burial, and resurrection, that, that the work on Calvary that was done on that day, and that third day when He rose from the dead out of that dead, dark tomb, and, and now He's ascended into heaven, that the work has been accomplished, and that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and that, that, that wonderful work that has been done we need to be teaching all nations that. We need to be sharing that with those that will listen and, and hear that. And, and our, in our society, people have warped this idea and they, they try to, to, to change the idea of the gospel or make it harder than what it is or, or, or they become so intellectual that they, they try to describe it in a way that, that people can't understand it. But yes, it is very simple that even the youngest child can understand that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world and that whosoever will believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It is that simple. It is that easy. We need to teach all nations. And we need to also baptizing them. And so we think about the, what a blessing it's been to, even though we don't have a baptismal uh, or a baptistry here in this building, we still have a whole building. And so, and I praise the Lord for that old building. We go in there on a Sunday night and we have the baptismal services. And what a joy it is to see people one after another that have come and trusted Christ as their Savior. And they are identifying with and telling society and telling the lost world and telling the, the saved world that is there that, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I want the world to know it. Teaching them. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. You see, Christian, our Christian walk isn't over when we trust Christ as our Savior. That's when it just begins. And we need to learn how it is that we ought to live in a way that is honoring and pleasing to God. And, and, and you know, I, I see this, I, I've seen this statement many times where be careful of falling in love with your job. The day that you die, before you ever even get buried in the ground, your job is already advertised looking for somebody to replace you. Do you realize it's the same way in the world? Don't fall in love with the world. The day you die is the day you just get replaced with somebody else. Falling in love with the things of this world, thinking that that will bring you happiness and joy thinking that all the money in the world is all that you need and all your stress will be gone. Thinking that if, oh, if you could just have the things that, that these other people have, that all your stress will be gone. You lose the fact that the only joy that truly comes in a sin-sick world comes from a Savior who died and gave His life for you. And that in in 
your faith and trusting in what He has done for you, you now have eternal life. Now, whatever comes in this sin-sick world, you can have a joy and a peace that only God can give. Let's not get so caught up that we lose the directive that God has given us and the command that He has given us and told us that we need to go. We need to go. He tells us in Mark 6.15, go ye into all the world and, and preach the gospel to every creature. So we need to be willing to share the gospel with those that are around. And so it's our commission. But it's also our community. I mean, this is where, this is where God has placed us. We need to love our community. I, you know, for years, and, and I'm having fights with this thing. I don't... And it, it's hot. Is it hot in here? It is hot in here. I, I'm about to die. I thought, I thought ladies got hot flashes. <laughs> I, I'm about to melt. <clears throat> Moving on. But it's our community. It's our country. And it's our world. As, as we, we give thought to our community... We need to have a love for our people. We need to have a love for this community. For years, I'll be honest with you, for years I pastored here, scurrying and looking around, thinking, i got to get out of this smelly joint. I mean, I, I haven't lived anywhere where it smelled as bad as Morgan County. I'm sorry, it's just a fact. All right? That is just the way it is. But that's okay. Now I've gotten used to it. You're like, yeah, I, I need to move on. Uh, I was going to describe what the sugar beets smell like, but there have been many dogs beaten in their house because you think that they made a mess in your house, and it was the sugar beets. You know? Just saying. You know? And then you go a little further south, and, and, and you smell them when they're, I don't know what they burn at the packing plant, but you're like, you know what? That doesn't really smell too bad. You know, kind of smells a little bit like a steak, but overdone steak, you know. And then you go on further, and I'm not even going to ask what it was, you know. I, I have taken a tour of the place. It really is kind of cool. But then you go on a little further south, and you go by the feedlot, you go by the dairy. You, you are traveling down the road, and, and, and uh, you go by a field of onions, you know, and your eyes start watering. And, you know, and, and so for years I was like, hey, I need to get out of here. But then, through some situations and circumstances, God gave me a love. And since then, it's just been such a heart to reach people. You know, I, I feel bad for our, our city council. They're, they're getting sneaky in Fort Morgan. Twice they have tried to make it legal to uh, uh, allow alcohol, to sell alcohol at the park. And I, you know, the last time they were trying to sneak it through, and I was the only one there, and at the end of it, they were like, well, we were wondering why you were here. Well, I'm here because you just don't need to do it. If you think that you've got to have fun, and, to, and, and fun only comes through alcohol, you really got a problem. And I said, and, and it's always with that stupid Bob stock, and I said, look, if you got a drink to listen to the music, change the music. You know? I mean, if you got to be drunk to hear it, then there's something wrong with it. Let's have some good music or something, but the beer at the park. You don't need alcohol anyway to have a good time. You can come to Platte Valley. We have a great time. We gave away guns last week. Who else would do that? But, but I, you know, and then I just saw this past week that they snuck it through. And so, you know, so be it. You know, when, when we think that, that that's where our joy comes from, I, I find it sad. And you know what it does for me, though? It just gives me a more determination to see more people trust Christ as their Savior and realize that that junk is the devil's vomit. And all it's going to do is destroy your life and destroy your family and stay away from it and live the way that God wants you to live and, and get out of that mess that has destroyed life after life and family after family. And we need to have a, a love and a compassion for our for our people, and, 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 and as Jude 22 says, and if some have compassion, making a difference, let us fall in love with our community and, and the people, even though they may not ever come to Platte Valley, 
but we can still love them and show them that they need to trust Christ as their Savior. In Acts chapter, tw- in, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, in that great commission, he also tells us there that, that we shall receive power, and, and it tells us that we'll be witnesses, and, and it tells us that we'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, let's think about our Jerusalem. What are we doing in our Jerusalem? And, and as I was giving thought to this and going, look at some of the things that we do. We have a nursing home ministry at Valley View, and we go in there. As a matter of fact, I don't know how it worked out, but I actually was able to, to get an invite and kind of snuck in and, and had a chapel service in Ebenezer. I made all the Lutherans extremely nervous that day. <laughs> I'm like, so if you say that we believe the same, why are you nervous about me coming in and preaching the gospel? Maybe there is a difference. Something that's not the same is different. And so, but anyway, was able to get in there. We've had a beehive Bible study now for years, and, and I don't know what it is, but, but the east side is the spiritual side, and the west side seems to be the missionary side, to where I keep telling the east side, you guys are going to have to go in, even in your walkers or your wheelchairs, you need to go around and pass out some tracks to those that are living on the west side because apparently they need to be saved. It's always the east side that's coming to the Bible study. So, but we have that. We have the, I thought of the ladies' luncheon. How many times have we seen ladies come into that ladies' luncheon and you've brought your neighbor or you your co-worker or, your, or, or maybe a wayward uh, uh, child or, or whoever it is and, and use that even as an outreach. We have our quam ministry from September through through April and, and into May and, and reaching those kids and showing them that kids with a mission, that God has a mission for you and God has a will for you. And, and you think about it and you think, man, time must be lost on these kids. Well, what about Ron Comfort? Then people thinking that he's a waste and thank God for his, his brother Billy who saw that, that Jesus loved him and how God used him in, in so many years of that ministry and thank God for that and thank God how he reached down and, and, and called Alton Beal and trusted Alton and, and Alton as a bus kid now is the president of that very college also and, and we think of Mrs. Chapel who married Paul Chapel who, who now they, they pastor in Lancaster and she was a bus kid and her, her mom and her dad was mis, mixed up with the mafia. We reach them one by one because we never know what God is going to do and we want to make a difference in our Jerusalem. We have our VBS coming up and and I know I scare you, but hey, as many kids as we can possibly get here, let's give them the gospel and see what God can do in their hearts and their lives and let's talk to those parents that come by and tell them, look, we are so glad that you're bringing your kid here to hear about Jesus. And how about you? Would you like to know about Jesus? Do you know him? Have you ever trusted him as your Savior? Are you doing the right thing? You just never know what's going to come up in the conversation. had a conversation with a young lady on the airplane coming back from California. Found out she was a nurse. Travels all over the country and was coming home. She lived in Denver and and she grew up and her parents are in Atlanta area and, and talking to her and, and uh, just asked her, do you know Christ is your Savior? I just, you know, I don't even give them time to think about it. I just, first question, do you know Christ is your Savior? She says, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. So where are you going to church? What are you doing to serve God? Well, since I moved out here, I haven't. And you're right, I do need to get into a good church. And they need to serve God through that. Then she showed me a text that a friend had just sent her and showed her of a name of a church in, in Denver that she was going to go visit. And I encouraged her to do so. And, and look, we need, to have, we need to have those conversations. We need to talk to those around us. And you'll find out that most will listen. So we reach out to our community through VBS and that, that finale that we're having. Look, it, it is not about building numbers in this, in this building and saying, hey, this what we run on a Sunday or whatever. It's nothing to do with that, 
But it's all about reaching our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and we have our youth conference where, where we send our kids to that youth conference. We have camp that, that we send those kids to hear the gospel and, and, and to give them the opportunity to, to not only trust Christ, but maybe in one of those children that God is working in their heart and going to call them into the full-time ministry and serve Him and be the next pastor of Platte Valley Baptist Church or the next deacon of the Platte Valley or the next evangelist that goes out and, and fills the shoes of those like Dr. Comfort and Dr. Curalo and, and, and Dr. Sered and those men that are, that are getting older and not able to do the work and young men coming in and doing the job and, and we want to keep reaching them and, and to bring a friend Sunday. That's the give the gospel. We have the first responders Sunday that we did. We have the, uh, the evangelistic meetings with Dr. Comfort, with Dwight and, and Brother Paul that are going to be coming. We have our picnics. We have the float. We have the, the tracks that we're passing out. I have it lined out in October, October 10th. You need to put that down on your calendar. It's on a Thursday evening where we have Chad Shear coming who, who uh, is a professional outfitter, has won the, the national championship of elk calling years and years and years and he's been at the Sportsman's Expo and been interviewed by Dave Logan on 850, I don't know how many times. He, he, goes, he has his own TV show. He is coming to do a Sportsman's Banquet for us. And the best thing about him, I, I met his dad 30 years ago, who's a pastor in Great Falls, Montana, still there, still preaching the gospel. Chad, a part of that church family, knows Christ is his Savior, is going to come in here, do the outdoor banquet, and, and tell all these people about all the hunting expeditions that he's had all over the world, and then at the very end, going to give them the gospel. And see people saved through that. The rest program that we have and you know as I was looking at these things and and writing them down and just thanking God for so many people in this church family that have a vision and understand that that is a great commission that we need to go 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 and reach those in our Jerusalem in our Judea and our Samaria and even to the uttermost parts of the world and so we support our missionaries Chuck Donnelly, who goes into the Rock of Ages prison ministries and, and goes into those, those prisons and preaches the gospel. Do you realize that majority, I think, don't hold me to this, but I believe that those that are incarcerated and that those that, that go to the state pens, they get out, I, it, it's almost like only 20% of those are successful in staying out. However, if they trust Christ as their Savior, and go through the discipleship that Rock of Ages gives them, and they go through all of that. And when they get out, the, the, the Rock of Ages help them, the, those inmates then, that, to come back out of society, get plugged into a good church. 80% of them just switches. 80% stay out. And are useful and productive in the society, and especially useful and productive for God. I mean, God can do all kinds of things, and we, we support Him. We support the Browns in Madagascar, some faraway uh, island that all I can think about are the penguins that went to Madagascar. You know, if you haven't seen that, you'll have to watch it. Some, you, obviously, you don't have kids. Right? The Klauses who are in Germany. Maetas in Italy. Keos who are in Cambodia. Boylsons who have been in the, 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 the islands of Ponape. It just goes on and on. We have a missionary coming in September who's going to England. Isn't it sad to see that the country of England needs missionaries to preach the gospel when it was England that first sent out missionaries to preach the gospel? And now they're a dearth of worldliness and no gospel witness. A place where Charles Spurgeon preached to millions it is said that Charles Spurgeon in his lifetime, and he died when he was 58, preached over 10 million people. Amazing. And now we see where that country's at. You know why? Because churches have lost their vision to go. To go. Let us not be that. Let us never be satisfied with where we are. Let us never be happy with what we have 
But let us truly be pushing further and further and harder and harder to reach our community out of a love that God has given us to see them saved. But not only that, but we also need to gather. Look over in Luke 14. So we go, and we need to make sure that we are investing our time the way that we ought to and looking for those opportunities to witness to those around us. In Luke 14, verse 12, it says, Then said he also to them that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. He said, don't go to the ones and, and, and invite them to your home, or don't go to those and invite them to, to, to church, and, and, and hey, you do this for me, and then I'll do that for you, and we're all good. And, and you know what he's telling us? And he goes on, he says, go to those that you expect nothing out of them. You want nothing from them except to share the gospel with them. That's one of those reasons why last week, I don't know if you caught this or not, but I told our leaders when we did the offering, look, this isn't for you. For you to be giving in this, this is for our church body. You are our guest. All we want you to do is come and be blessed by the service. And we need to be willing to go out and here he goes, for who's, and he says, but with is the feast, call the poor, the maimed, the, blind, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. That's what it's all about. Reaching them for the cause of Christ. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. Send his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his... Well, you could preach a message on marriage out of that last verse, couldn't you? <clears throat> so the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, is it done as thou hast commanded? And yet there is room. And the Lord said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of these men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. We need to go. We need to gather them up. Share the gospel. Encourage them to come. I mean, I, I, it, it has, you ever given thought, the, the only part that we have in this is being obedient to God. But God is doing a wonderful thing in Morgan County, and he's doing a wonderful thing at Platte Valley Baptist Church, and he's doing a, a, a marvelous work in the hearts of those that are coming, and it's him that's doing it. Let us invite others to come and see what's going on. Let us sit down with them at their home and build a relationship with them and, and share the gospel and encourage them and, and let them know that there are people that truly care. And let's go to the highways and the hedges and, and whoever will listen and will invite them and, and tell them about God's love and show them the importance of that. And that brings us to the last thing. We do all of these things because we need to grasp. We need to go, we need to gather, but we also need to grasp. And what is it that we need to grasp? First of all, two things. We need to grasp the importance of reaching the children. God wants us to. God wants us to. And I know there's, there's going to come a day when we will, God will allow it, that and, and give us the funds, we pay this thing off, and, and we build the auditorium, the sanctuary, with all of the classrooms that we're going to start bringing those kids from Quam on Tuesday. God's going to give us the workers where we're going to have them coming on a Sunday. They need to understand that not only is Tuesday a good night to hear from God, but Sunday is God's day. We need to give it to Him. We're going to those children and 
show them the importance of serving God because we don't know what God is going to do with each one of those children. And he says this in Matthew 18 and verse 1 through 6. The same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and come as little children, ye shall never, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receiveth me. But don't forget what verse 6 says. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones that will cause this child to sin, that will cause this child to turn his back on God, that will show him... And here, this is important because this is what I was telling you earlier. When you as a parent are showing your child that there is something more important than their service to God and that there is something more important than hearing the very Word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in their life and you are showing them that, the one that offends one of these little ones, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. There are parents today that tell their children, take a job and work every Lord's Day. Because working and providing for your family is more important than serving God. There are parents today in a tournament that are telling their children, life is so important that you need to be out there hitting that little piece of leather and chasing after a dream that will become a nightmare because it's more important than sitting in God's house today. Oh, how shameful we become. How shameful it is. I thank God for our wrestling program. I thank God that we can take a program and we can bring these little guys in and we can teach them about how to become a servant of God. How, uh, first of all, you can be a child of God and then a servant of God and that you can use wrestling and, and the sports to make you a better person and a better athlete and a better competitor because it all shows you how you can handle life. But you can do that on a Monday. You can do that on a Tuesday. You can do that on a, on a Wednesday afternoon or a Thursday or a Friday or a Saturday. But Sunday is God's. We are in a culture today where even our worthless, pathetic, good-for-nothing high schools and, and public schools are telling your children how to live without God. It used to be at least Sunday was sacred. Now it's not. We need to understand the gravity of the situation and the gravity of you as a parent and in what you are teaching your children and it can be exactly the opposite of what God is saying. And look, He says it is better if you are causing that child to sin against God and you are causing that child to make some decisions in their life that are not godly, that are anti-Christ in their decisions and that they are going another way. It is better that you had a millstone tied around your neck and cast into the sea. That's how important it is. Who is He talking to? His disciples. His disciples. Wake up, America. You want to know why our country is going down the tubes? It's because there will be 45,000 people at the Rocky Stadium today to watch the Dodgers. And about 60% of the total membership of a church is attending even one service for God today. We need to understand, we need to grasp the gravity of the decision and the responsibilities that we have. But we also need to grasp the gravity of the time that we have. Joshua 1 and verse 2 out with God saying this, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
In Acts chapter 7, in the last verse of chapter 7, verse 60, it tells us that Stephen gave up the ghost and slept. He died. Paul died. John died. They all died. And as it is appointed unto man once to die, after this the judgment. Chad said it correctly this morning. We don't know how much time we have. The gravity of the situation is what are you going to leave behind? Look, my son loves to play baseball. My other son loves the, the ministry and, 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 and loves movies. And, and my daughter loves to drive like her dad 97 miles an hour down the church driveway. Those things that you leave behind, none of that matters. But I know that Tyler, if he was to die today, would be in heaven. I know that if Thane was called to heaven today, he would be there. Earth was to perish in that car accident. It should be in heaven. Nothing more important. Nothing more important. Understand the gravity of the situation. We don't know how long we will live, but do you guys realize that in one month, in five weeks, we did four funerals? Those people didn't know that that might be their last day. Matter of fact, Ted was doing quite well, and even in the hospital was doing quite well the day before he passed into glory. Thomas didn't know that his life was going to end that evening or that very early in the morning. We don't know. We don't know when our neighbor, our loved one, our coworker, when they're going to meet that appointment. What have we done? Let's grasp the intensity of the situation and understand that we don't have much time. And when God calls us from here and he tarries and, and doesn't rapture us out of here, and maybe we go on, let the heritage stay, the gospel, the lives changed for eternity. Let's go. Let's gather. Let's grasp. And let's see God bless as we finish out this year with a theme that all the earth may know that there is a God. Let's get busy. Let, let's make sure that, that our priorities are what they need to be. Look, I said some pretty hard things today. But sometimes we just need to hear it. I need to hear it. I need to be reminded. What truly is important today is what we do for Christ. Only thing that lasts is those things that we do for God. Those that we do for God are remembered for eternity. And God blesses us. God bless us as we serve him, as we are obedient to him and living for him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for, as we listed these ministries and as I gave thought to that, Lord, there are so many that do understand this. But I'm sure as they're sitting there, just as I was giving thought to this last night, there is much more that I truly can give up in my life that truly matters absolutely nothing for eternity. And that I can give those things up and dedicate more time, more thought, more energy into those things that are important. God, I pray that you search the hearts of each one who's here today. I pray if there be one that today just realized that their faith needs to be placed in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that today they would call upon you, admitting they're a sinner, placing their faith and trust in you and asking Jesus Christ to be their Savior. I pray that they would do so today. And I pray that you would help us as believers make sure that we 
give a look to our priority list and make certain. doesn't really matter those things that on that list other than you first. Our walk with you must come first. Our marriage second. Lord, I pray you stir in our hearts and help us to be what we need to be. Whatever needs to be done, I pray that we cast those off today and walk with you as we go out this door. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 611, take my life and let it be how appropriate today. Please, if you need to do some business with God, now's the time. Let's all stand as we sing. bless. So good to have each one of you here. That invitation never closes. If you need to talk to me, stop by, call, whatever, happy to help in any way that I can. Uh, service tonight at six o'clock. Thane is preaching tonight and uh, looking forward to what God has given him uh, preach tonight. And so I challenge you to be here. Teens, don't forget about your uh, time after the service tonight too. And so good to have each one of you here. I pray that God will guide and use each one of you throughout the day and and just uh, meditate on his word and his will and what he's doing in our lives thank you so good to see you